Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. And here's our Lord. We got a, a cult for him as well. Beautiful. And in verse 32, it says, So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing it? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. So the only thing that the disciples had to say to the owners of the colt was the Lord has need of them, need of them. And they released them. It's all they had to say. It's beautiful faith on their part. Someone's taking their their colt. No one's ever ridden on this colt before. Hey, where are you guys going with that? The Lord has need of it. And they released it by faith. I love that they released it by faith. You know that God has need of you? God has need of you as he had the need for this donkey. He has need of you. And how many Christians are not releasing themselves for the use of the Lord? Think about that. With the owners of the cult, all you have to do is say, the Lord has need of it, he can have it. Here are the keys. God wants your time. God wants your energy. God wants all of your resources because your resources are yours because God gave them to you. And he says to all of us, I need you. I have use of you. He doesn't have to. He's God. He can do everything by himself. All he has to do is think the word and it'll be done. But in his divine love and how he molds us and shapes us into the image of his son. He wants to use us in his ministry, in his service. But so many are close to him using them. Like I said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid we may be left behind. I want to be about God's business. I want to say, Lord, here I am, use me. What is it of my life that you want from me? I release it to you. I give it to you. Which Jesus said, if we want to follow him, we must deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him daily. He says we must serve him. If we serve him, him and the Father will honor. Does he have all of you? Because he definitely has need of us, especially in these last days. Paul said beautifully in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm living for God now. If he says jump, I say how high. Hopefully, the more mature we become, the more we say yes to what he's calling us to do. I'm here. 
Oh, the Lord has need of me? I'm there. Oh, the Lord has need of me at Sweet Hills? I'm there. I'm telling you, he's coming at any moment, and I am afraid for people. That's why I say what I, this is not the gospel of Ryan. He says time and time again that we are called to follow him, to serve him. This is why we're saved. This is why you're alive. If you were exempt, he would take you home. All the brothers and sisters who are in heaven right now, they're exempt, okay? I'm not asking them to serve. They're exempt. But why are we alive? Why? Look at what's happening. They're devaluing the the dollar, devaluing the morals. This country is crazy. I heard that the temple of Satan is taking over an abortion clinic and they're going to dedicate all the abortions to their God. There's all kinds of sick stuff happening with the kids. And we want to we want to we want to make excuses for ourselves. I don't think that's a healthy place to be. I'm just saying look around. That's why I'm afraid. If this was 50 years ago and things were maybe a little bit more mellow, man, the antichrist is about to pop in sometime and the rapture is about to happen first. I only say these things because look what's happening. What else can I say? Get rid of cash, buy gold, buy silver, bunker, food, water. Isolate yourself. No, he's in control. He's in full control. And like I said, there's not enough that you can store up. We eat too much. People are going to die soon. Ugly, ugly. Because the Lord has need of it. And they let go of the coat. They let it go. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Now, the moment he sat on this colt, prophecy was fulfilled. Zechariah chapter, chapter 9, verse 9. Uh, Matthew and John's gospel, I believe, quote it. But he's fulfilling the prophet Isaiah, as we talked about in the beginning, 550 years prior, he used these verses of the Messiah to encourage the Israelites to keep building or rebuilding the, the temple because it has future use. The Messiah is coming. And this is what he said to them. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. And so it's just a beautiful prophecy coming true. Here he is, Israel's king, uh, fulfilling that prophecy from long ago. And the people, as they set Jesus on the colt, they began to put their clothes on the floor to make the, make the road less bumpy for the king. And that's why we're here. 
People need to get saved. Sinners are coming into this building, into God's sanctuary, to hear the gospel. We're there to make the path for them to hear the gospel smooth. Keep this place clean. Keep it looking nice. Do some renovations. As people come in, they get the gospel. It's smooth. We love on them so they can hear what you heard that got you and I saved before. As they prepared the path for Jesus, we are preparing the path for the rapture is coming at any moment. We're going to be caught up in the air. All this talk about UFOs, aliens, like I said, they're going to blame it on that stuff. But Zechariah's prophecy is, is beautiful. He, he says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Daughters in a society are the most vulnerable and weakest, right? Little girls are the most vulnerable and weakest of any society. But God declares, Rejoice to the, weak, to the weakest, to the most vulnerable. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Rejoice, O daughter of Jerusalem. Your king is coming. In order to even get saved, you must acknowledge that you're weak. Amen? You must acknowledge that we are nothing. That without God, we are nothing. See, the reason why people don't follow Jesus is because people think there's something still. People think that the fun out there is, is worth living for. Jesus said, what will a man exchange for his soul? For our crust of bread, let me tell you. The Holy Spirit speaking. People are dying and they don't even know it. But for those who would humble themselves as weak children, God says rejoice because Jesus is here to save you of your sins and give you eternal life and a new life and bless your life. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. That's exactly what Jesus is bringing. He is bringing salvation. Isaiah 62, 11 says, Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world Say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work is before him. He's bringing salvation. The king of Israel and the work of the cross is right before him. He is the only way to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He brings salvation. That's what he brings that no one else can give to mankind. Only the Son of God. Sinless Son of God who gave His life on the cross. He's the only means of salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey. In ancient Near East culture, when a king came in peace, he would come on a donkey. When a king came for war, he would be riding a stallion of war. A horse made for war. Jesus came in peace. 
He came in peace. He's not there to destroy the Roman Empire. He's not there to give them political freedom. He's there to save them from themselves. In God's estimation, our relational problems that we have down here, our financial problems that we have down here, or whatever problems that we have down here, that's not why he came. He came for the main problem, which is our heart, our sinful heart. And if we don't give him our heart and he doesn't take care of that, your finances can be perfect, relationships can be outstanding, and you'll end up in hell when you die. In God's estimation, he came to save men from their sins. That's why he's there. And he comes peacefully, chill, on a donkey, on a colt. But to the weak, the daughters of Zion, he says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are, who are weary and heavy laden, right? He says, come to me, learn of me. I remember him speaking in my heart. No matter what sins I had committed in my youth, which were many, he spoke to my heart that he would take care of them all and get rid of them, and that he would give me a new heart. I remember, like it was yesterday, when they gave Jesus a hard time for ministering to sinners in Mark 2, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's the weak. I'm a sinner. I'm not righteous. I'm not good. And he forgave me. He came in peacefully, but we know, guys, that on his second coming, it's going to be far from, he's going to come far from being coming peacefully. Turn with me to Revelation 19, please. Beginning with verse 11. But before I read it, you know that verse in Zechariah that we read, Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. The, that's verse 9 of chapter 9. The very next verse, chapter, uh, verse 10, says, I will cut off the chariot. A chariot is a war machine, right? I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bowl shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Jesus will bring peace. War will end in the future. Millennial reign. But he's coming back differently than he came the first time. Here in Revelation uh, chapter 19, verse 11, it says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. You see, not a donkey, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Notice, not white donkeys, white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. 
and he himself will rule them with the rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, and who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of the fire burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Our Lord is coming back. He's coming back on a horse of war. I'm so afraid for people. In lieu of what's going on every single day amongst the nation's leaders. They've lost their mind. They're all deceived. They're all debased. It's part of his judgment. He's allowing them to be nuts morally. We are on our own, but we're not on our own. Do you feel me? The days of trusting in the government and waiting on the nations to help, it's over. We need to depend on God. You know I don't trust Democrat politicians, but let me tell you, I don't trust the Republicans very much either. I trust Jesus. You got to vote conservatively for family values all day long while we tarry, while he tarries, and while we wait. But my goodness, guys. He, he was right when he said, you're in the world, but not of the world. If you were of the world, the world would love you. But because I called you out of the world, it hates you. Some Christians still want to be accepted at the tea parties. I mean, they still live for the acceptance of their friends. Like we're freshmen in high school. You know, our Lord died naked on the cross. Though, no, though none go with me, still I will follow. Remember that song? He's coming. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And so they began to praise very loud. They saw His works. 
What Jesus did in his three-year ministry was phenomenal. He healed the lepers, the blind, the lame. He healed Lazarus, from, from resurrected him from the dead. They wanted to kill Lazarus at this time. They were looking for Lazarus at this time, and they wanted to destroy Jesus for the works that he had done. But the people were so blessed at what the mighty works he did do that they didn't care that they praised him loud and openly at this time. And some would say these are the very same people that would yell, crucify him, crucify him in a few days. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know this. Many feared being kicked out of the synagogue for following Jesus. There was many secret followers that would not come out of the open because they were going to get kicked out of the synagogue. But the people in our story, they're praising him. And they're praising him loud for the mighty works that he has done. He's worth praising for the mighty works that he has done in your life. We are told that all of Jerusalem was moved when this was happening. Like the ground was shaking. It was such an entrance of, of loud praise that all of Jerusalem was moved. I, pray, I love how you guys sing and praise. I love how you serve the Lord here. It's loud, but I think we can get louder. In lieu of what's going on, we should get louder. And when people come in who don't understand God, haven't given God their heart, they're lost, we want them to be shook at the reality of the praise that is happening in this sanctuary. People are praising God loud for the mighty works that he has done in their life. And we don't care who hears us. We're going to sing Loud, because he's worthy of it. Loud. Someone has to praise him. Wouldn't you agree? Someone should serve him. Someone should grab the donkey, lay the clothes down. Someone should put the palm branches down. Some, some, we, we should do, he's worthy of our service, of our praise. Why wouldn't I serve him? Why wouldn't I praise him? Ask a, ask a serious question in the lieu of he's taking people home in the rapture who want to be with him. Think about that. Uh, I didn't serve because what? And why did they serve him? Why did they praise him? You know, I'm just trying to be a pastor here. He's coming. It's just, I don't know what to tell you. It's like prophecy update every stinking service now something new and terrible has happened out there but the good news is God's on the throne jeez send out prosperity they're saying blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest and some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd teacher rebuke your disciples Tell them to be quiet. Rebuke them. This is out of control here. Who are you to deserve such praise? Is that not like the enemy? You're exempt from worshiping. You're exempt from serving. 
Bible says that all sin is common to man. But God provides the way of escape. We had a brother named Brian, older brother who was dying of something. He was a son-in-law, a father-in-law of, uh, of Darren, our drummer. He would come into our church with a cane and a backpack and a feeding tube. And he would only get out of bed to come to our church. And he would just be such an example. I have a picture of John Miles in my office. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.